What's going on, people? It's your boy, Kalechi, back with another episode of the Ramblin' Mind Podcast. How are each and every single one of y'all doing today? I hope y'all are staying safe. I hope y'all are taking care of yourselves. I hope y'all are doing all the things you know you ought to do during these times. But anyway, welcome back to another episode of the Rambling Mind Podcast. I hope y'all had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful 4th of July weekend. Independence Day weekend for some people. Because for other people, Juneteenth is their Independence Day. If you know what I'm talking about. Because you know, when the 4th of July happened, slavery was still going on. So not everybody was free. But at the same time, the United States got created. And so we had this land that, you know, we we now have that has has a lot of potential i mean we'll never achieve the potential of freedom and liberty but we are going closer and closer to that every single day and that is wonderful wonderful to see so we celebrated that i was able to travel down to see my little brother hang out with him for a little bit we got into a fight out of something that i was being dumb about because it didn't make any sense while i was arguing with him but regardless we got into a fight it's necessary if you have a brother and you guys don't fight that's a problem at least to me that's a problem. It's necessary that you and your brother or you and your siblings are arguing and fighting. That's how you show love. I'm kidding. I don't know. Everybody's relationship is different. Me and my brother, we get along fine, but it's still necessary that we get into no reason fights, like fights that don't make no sense. That fights is just like, bro, why are you upset about this? This doesn't even make any sense. Why are you arguing about it? And I was like, I don't really know why I'm arguing with you about this or why we're actually fighting about this. This is dumb. It was dumb. It was a stupid argument. But regardless, we did it. It was fun. And now we're better off. Well, are we better off? I don't know. You can ask him. You know. Anyway. But anyway, let's get back to the podcast for this week. And we start off with this. If you're a large corporation, you're probably going to need to go talk to your accountant real quick. Or rather, your accounting department real quick and be like, yo, guys. You see this news? What y'all doing? Because we need to handle this real quick. On Thursday last week, Janet Yellen announced that 130 countries around the world, including, crucially, China and India, have agreed on a 15% minimum corporate tax rate in a move designed to prevent what Janet Yellen calls a self-defeating international tax competition. She said in a statement, today's agreement by 130 countries representing more than 90% of global GDP is a clear sign. The race to the bottom is one step closer to coming to an end. Under a global minimum tax, multinational corporations will theoretically stop moving their headquarters to tax havens like the British Virgin Islands and Bermuda. Raising rates from the single digits to at least 15% in those havens and will generate about $150 billion in additional tax revenues according to the OECD. Now, if you don't know what the OECD is, I don't either. So let's look it up. I actually heard this earlier. Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. So according to them, this will bring in about $120 billion each year, or 150, not 20, $150 billion each year just based off of a change in the tax code. Now, this is how it's going to work. The minimum tax will apply to large multinational companies, any profitable firm with revenues over 20 billion uh, euros, which is 20 24 billion dollars, will be included from the start. With that number expected to decline to 10 billion dollars and 12 billion 
in time. In other words, they're going to start off super high for companies that make a whole bunch of money, and then they're going to bring it back to regular to other companies to join in and start paying for those taxes as well. This is basically another way for them to be able to answer to companies like Facebook and Google who make a large sum of money in different countries but don't have headquarters in those countries and so they don't have to pay taxes to those countries as well. By changing up the tax loophole, they're able to change things up. And the bottom line, according to Axios, they say companies will retain broad latitude in where they pay tax. They just won't have as much freedom as they currently do over whether they pay tax. This is a key difference. Before, it was like, if they don't want to pay taxes, they don't have to pay taxes because there's all these different things that they can do in order to adjust themselves to not pay taxes. So I don't know how this is going to work in the long term, but I just want to look at everybody that was saying it's not possible. Countries are not going to agree to this. Why would countries agree for a minimum tax? Because it's going to bring money in. That's why they're going to agree to this. And so apparently... 130 countries have agreed to this. A lot of people are saying like, it's not going to be possible. Why would any country that's making all this money from tax havens want to agree to this? Because guess what? When a bigger dog squeezes down on your throat, guess what you do? You succumb, unfortunately. We'll see how this plays out in the full term. Right now, it's just an announcement. We'll see how actually it gets implemented as we move into the future. Moving on from there, but speaking about large corporations, the Pentagon announced that it will be canceling its $10 billion Jedi Cloud contract that it had awarded to Microsoft in 2019. To which Amazon stock kind of exploded yesterday. It flew like 5% and hit an all-time high after this news came out. I mean, it's and even today, it's still doing pretty well. I mean, it blew another uh, 1%. But the point is, it's doing, th the news was a positive, positive news. Now your question is going to be like, yo, what is Jedi and why is it important for us to know what Jedi is? Well, Jedi is the joint enterprise, where is it? It's the joint enterprise defense infrastructure. Do and it has been <clears throat> one of the most tangible contracts for the DOD. In a press release Tuesday, the Pentagon said that due to evolving requirements, increased cloud controversy, conservancy, and industry advances, the Jedi cloud contract no longer meets its needs. Like I said earlier, Microsoft actually closed down yesterday and Amazon exploded to a 52-week high. This is actually a wrong number. It actually blew up to 5%. But right after the, the announcement came up, it exploded 3.5%. But it hit a new 52-week high regardless. So why was this a big deal? This is a $10 billion contract. That's why it's a big deal. Microsoft was going to get this contract by itself, but now the... DOD is deciding to open up the doors and allow other people to bid for the contract. So here's a quick backstory of what happened with this contract. Shortly after the contract was awarded to Microsoft, Amazon started suing the DOD. My, Amazon was like, yo, 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 this ain't fair. Something not right is going on. Now, remember, Amazon own, it owns AWS and Microsoft owns Azure. And the Jedi infrastructure was supposed to be able to help uh, the DOD, the Department of Defense, to build out their cloud computing services to help them take over all of that information. But after the bidding war and everything went through, they picked Microsoft Azure. As you guys know, I love Microsoft. Microsoft is one of my biggest holdings. I love that company a lot. But they picked Microsoft. And then Amazon was like, no, 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 no. Something fishy is going on here. And they accused, which let me read it straight up, they accused the Trump department or the Trump uh, administration of getting in the way and interfering with the bidding process because 
Donald Trump does not like Jeffrey Bezos. You know why? Because Jeffrey Bezos owns the Washington Post. And the Washington Post does not exactly write nice things about Donald Trump. So when the, when the bid was awarded, when the contract was awarded to Microsoft, Amazon was like, something is not right. So they sued and then it's been in court for the last two years. And so since that point, the DOD was like, yo, we can't even move forward. We can't even change anything. And so now they're like, you know what? We're going to just go ahead and cancel this contract and do something, a whole new thing to get this thing built up and actually start moving in a new direction. So rather than going with just one company, they will be opening up the build to multiple different co companies, including Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Oracle as well. All of them will have a chance to bid to show that they have the capability of being able to hold everything that... Uh, the Pentagon needs to to build out their cloud infrastructure. However, that's not even like the worst part of listening to this. The saddest part of this whole thing is the name Jedi contract is being changed. That's like the worst part of this whole thing. The new contract is going to be called the JWCC, which is the Joint Warfighter Cloud Capacity Contract, which... I mean, it's cool, but I prefer Jedi. I really like the name Jedi contract. Like, that's the one thing that I, I really am not happy about them changing. But everything else is kind of like, eh, it's going to be cool. As they say in this article, it says, The Pentagon expects the JWCC to be a bridge to our longer-term approach, Sherman said. He said the department expects to make direct, reward, uh, direct rewards through the contract around April 2022 and open a broader competition as soon as 2025. So we won't really see the end of this for another five or so years before we start seeing who gets awarded the contract. But we can go ahead and guarantee that Microsoft, Amazon, Google, and Oracle are going to be part of the system to build out the new infrastructure for the government. Now, it's kind of sad because as a Microsoft shareholder, when this news came out, it was like explosive. I was like, $10 billion is a lot of money. It's a lot of money to be getting from one contract for a number of years. So now it's being split up into multiple uh, parts. And a lot of people are saying this is what it needed to be in the first place. Because why should one company building out the entire infrastructure? We need that to be spread out to multiple different companies so that multiple people can build out a safe infrastructure. So that when one goes down, it's not like it's GG game over. You have other safety nets and all those kind of things. So each company can be a backup to the other company and those kind of things. However, you know, for tech companies... They like everything to be directly integrated. They want control of every single part of it because when you have complete and total control, you can make sure that you're covering all your bases without having to go to somebody else and ask those questions and all those kind of things. But regardless, that's the direction that we are going in. Now, moving on from there, let's talk about the economy. And we had awesome, awesome news when it came to the, to the jobs report from, from May. The U.S. economy added a better than expected 850,000 jobs in June. But even bigger than that is average hourly earnings jumps 3.6% from a year ago in a continuation of the trend seen over the past two months. Big news. That's massive. We haven't seen hourly wages increase this much this fast in such a short period of time. The average wage is now $30.40 per hour, up from $29.35 a year ago and $28.51 pre-pandemic. The leisure and hospitality sector added a stunning 343,000 jobs, more than a third of June's total job gains. 
This is a massive deal because industry employers have been the most vocal about their inability to find workers. So what does this mean? It means that apparently you can find workers when you decide that you want to pay them. Apparently, it's not that hard. You pay them, you find workers. Now, this is unfortunate for small businesses because small businesses are not going to be able to pay people like that. But however, the point is, for the longest time, we've talked about it on this podcast, for the longest time, the shoe has been on the other foot. Employers have had the power to basically just lowball people. And now that people have a little bit of change in their pocket from stimulus packages and all this stuff, people are are actually pushing the button and saying, hey, pay up. Pay up. We want some of this bread, too. We want to be able to survive, too. So if you want us to come back into the office or you want us to come work for you, you got to pay us. So that's the good news. So that's it's interesting to just take a note of the fact that once you pay people, apparently you can find people to hire once you start deciding to actually pay people. However, when the stimulus packages expire, when the unemployment bonuses benefits expire in September, I expect to see a lot of people flood back into the markets. And especially, I also expect to see a lot of people start going back to work once schools reopen in August. Hopefully they reopen in August. We'll see what happens when this, as we continue through the summer. The next thing that we're going to talk about is the rising cost of goods and services. Over the weekend, the OPEC plus partners failed to make an, meet an agreement or make an agreement over what they wanted to do with the oil market. They met over and tried to decide, are we going to actually start having more supply and uh, start giving more oil production because OPEC are the ones who they're basically a cartel that protects or controls the product production of oil. And they met over the weekend and they just could not agree on whether or not to increase oil production. This means that oil prices will continue to rise and likely there's a very huge possibility that it's going to go over $80 a barrel. Right now it's about $70, $77 a barrel. And I think at the end of this summer, we might be creeping up to closer to $90 a barrel. And to be honest, I felt it when I drove down to see my brother this weekend, this past weekend, I felt those costs because I was buying gas. Usually it cost me, I think we've talked about it before. Usually it cost me about $50 or not even $50. Usually it cost about $28 to $30 maybe. But this weekend it was costing me like $40 to $45, which is extremely expensive. Except for when I went to Costco. Yo, I am falling in love with Costco. I'm literally like, yo, Costco is my new thing. Like Costco is my new thing. I'm going to be all up in Costco. I'm going to be buying gas from Costco because it's so cost effective. Plus you can buy so much stuff from, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm literally falling in love with Costco. But regardless, this is just to show like inflation is a real thing apparently. And we're going to be seeing more and more of these kind of things. And it's not just going to affect gas prices. It's going to go ahead and affect everything else because apparently we have to transport things from place to place. So anything that has to be transported from one place to another, we're going to see a creep up in prices. As long as oil prices continue to creep up, we're going to see an increase in prices. Plus, I expect that combining that with the fact also that we're also switching away from being so dependent on fossil fuels and starting to go into a renewable environment and companies are now moving their dollars away from investing in oil companies and moving them into more renewable companies, it means that companies uh, like Exxon or Shell or any of these oil companies, now they have to prioritize their profit margins before they could basically just keep on drilling more holes and looking for more places to drill for oil. Now they can't do that anymore. So what companies usually do when they've already expanded as much as possible is they start increasing the prices. They start trying to find, it's kind of like 
if you've noticed, if you if you ever used any service, for example, if you use something like Google, in fact, let's just use Google for example. At one point, all Google services was free. Now they're telling me that I have to pay a little bit of money to have my photos backed up. Why? Because they've grabbed my attention. They have all that they want from me. Now it's harder for me to go switch and find another service to use that will replace the Google service that I've been using. And that's the whole idea of what happens when a company gets big enough and it has a large enough share market or a large enough market share, it's going to increase its prices. And that's what all companies are going to do. So if they don't increase production, if OPEC doesn't choose to increase its production, those prices are going to continue to go up. Now combine that also with the fact that governments are now starting to not subsidize oil as much anymore in case you guys don't know a lot of the reasons why gas has been so cheap for so long is because it's subsidized by the federal government which is why i always look at people whenever they're like oh the federal government is useless it's like man you really don't know much about economics or you really don't know much about the decisions that have been made on your benefit but regardless Basically, it's subsidized by the government. Gas is subsidized by the government. That's why they're able to keep the prices so low. But now those subsidies are being moved slowly over to renewable sources. And as those subsidies are moved away, guess what? Somebody's got to make up that difference. And who's got to make up that difference? You and I. That's what usually happens. And so that, as that happens, as both of those things, as all these factors start playing around, until we move away into a fully renewable source, we're going to have to pay that price. And if we are serious about moving to a new renewable source, we will be willing to pay these prices. That's just how, that's what happens when you're trying to make changes. For companies, when they're trying to make changes, what they have to do is suffer less profitability for a period of time so they can make those changes within the business. However, for us, we just have to suffer through paying a little bit more for some things like gas and those kind of things for a short period of time so we can go to an environment where we're not killing ourselves because that's what we're doing with the rate that we're seeing all kinds of lake shrinkages, we're seeing droughts all over the place, we're seeing all kinds of things, farm uh, famine and all these things happening all over the world. Why is that happening? It's called climate change. We're killing uh, the climate, we're killing the way that we're supposed to be able to depend on the earth. And so when that starts happening, if we're serious about taking climate change and these things seriously, we'll be willing to suffer a short period of time to make those changes over the long term. And let's move on to the final frontier. No, I'm not talking about space. I'm talking about cyber because everybody keeps thinking space is the final frontier. No, 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 no. That's cyber. Over the weekend, we had a ton and I mean a ton of ransomware attacks on various businesses over in over 17 different countries. It's almost like a movie that I watched or something like that. As hackers knew that most employees, especially those in the United States, will be kicking up their feet with a beer in hand, talking about let's watch some fireworks and looking up at the sky to see some red, blue, and yellows explode. Because in the United States, we love our fireworks. Like, no joke, I love fireworks. Like, fireworks and fire. But we love explosions. In the United States, we love our big bangs. Like, we love explosive things. But it turns out that this attack could be traced all the way back to one firm and all the way back to one repeat offender, Revel Group, which was the same group that hacked into JBS Meat producers, the largest meat producers earlier in June and demanded $11 million in ransom. This time around, they said, we coming back for the double dip, man. And we doing it big this time. We ain't, we ain't no small pekin now. Like We already tested our system. We found out our system works. Now we going big. And when they say they going big, they going big. They said, we want $70 million for all of this. They said, for our hard work, pay us 
17 billion dollars. And so, you know, they're still working out and slowly but surely they're able to get some of these systems back online. But regardless, it's just interesting to see the rate and the uptick in a lot of the cyber security attacks. And we're seeing more and more and more. And I think we're going to continue seeing more and more and more cyber attacks. As a matter of fact, over a hundred and I mean, over 1,500 businesses in over 17 countries were affected by this cybersecurity attack. And as we move more and more into a digital age, as more and more of our lives are on the cyber sphere, as more and more of our lives are in the digital area, we're going to be seeing more and more and more of these attacks. So as they say, in love, money, and war, it's fair. Well, that's not really what they say, but regardless, we're going to be seeing more of these as we move into the future. So once again, guys, take care of yourselves, take all the precautions that are necessary. Make sure that every once in a while you check your credit reports, you're doing a credit freeze, you're just checking over your passwords. Just be careful out there because... A lot of people are trying to hack into you on a regular basis. We may not notice it, but just be careful. Uh, finishing out and going to actually the final frontier of space, Jeffrey Bezos on Monday was finally, finally stepped down as the CEO of Amazon and Andy Jassy has officially taken over. So if you search Google, who is the CEO of Amazon? Guess what Google going to tell you? Andy Jassy is no longer Jeffrey Bezos, Jeffrey Bezos, but you know, and now that he's no longer the CEO of my, uh, CEO of Amazon, now he can do all the things that he's always wanted to do, like build a super yacht and go on every single red carpet event. I feel like Jeffrey Bezos is going through a midlife crisis. I mean, why else would somebody buy a super yacht that has a yacht at, to feed the yacht of the other yacht? But, you know, he's got all the money in the world, so it is what it is. And also, he wants to go to space. So, it feels like we are in a new age where billionaires just kind of do whatever the freak they want to do. And they can kind of just uh, raise all the money they want. And so, now they've turned it into, like, a billionaire's playpen is to go to space. So, uh, Jeffrey Bezos and Richard Branson are racing to get to see who will get to space first. And apparently, it might end up being uh richard branson this sunday he will be flying to space so i hope he goes and gets there safely and comes back to earth because if he doesn't come back safely if things don't go exactly according to plan regulation is going to change real quick real quick and i think maybe they they need to be a, a little bit of regulation regardless because it is not it's not like flying on an airplane or anything like that even that there are risks with it I mean, they said that 90% of all spaceship that flies actually makes it successfully. But then you think about the 10%, put a little bit of human in that. 10% changes that real quick. And it's like, whoa, 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 10% of people who fly in spaceships die? All of a sudden, everybody's like, okay, we ain't about to do that. I mean, what is the rate of car accidents? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Deaths per car accidents. Let's see. It's about 1%. So... Oh, my bad. Not in 1%. It's 0.05%. That's still a lot. And when you think of 0.05%, that's still like over a thousand deaths. So it's still like a lot. According to Wikipedia, it is my bad. I was wrong. It's 1.2%. So it's still a lot. Like 1.2% is 36,000 people. So now think about that as 10% because 10% of rockets explode. So 
It's still a lot, so we'll see what happens with that whole thing. It's so interesting. However, let's hop right into this weekend. There's a lot of stuff happening this weekend, guys. There's a lot of big stuff happening this weekend. And I might, I might just be going to a theater. I don't know, but I might be going to a theater near you because Black Widow coming out this weekend, and I'm not about to pay $30 to see that thing on Disney+. Plus. I'm not about to do any of that, but I still kind of want to see this movie but I might just end up waiting because I believe it's like 45 days waiting period before they take it, before they remove it from being behind a paywall on Disney Plus. So I might just wait the 45 minutes or I might go to a theater. I doubt that I'm going to a theater because I'm lazy and I don't like going anywhere. So I'm not going to go see it. But however, this is a big deal because once again, it's going to show us how people are returning to theaters. It's the second big block, big blockbuster movie that will be, that will be released this year with and it's expected that Black Widow will bring in over $100 million, which will be the largest and will actually send things back to pre-pandemic levels for the first time in a long time because, well, Marvel. So we'll see what happens there. And it is a massive weekend for anybody who's a sports junkie like myself. First of all, we got the Euro Finals where England, after beating Denmark 2-1, will be in a finals for the first time in 40 years. And also... They're going to be going up against Italy, which Italy is my pick to win the whole thing because I think after they beat Spain, I think England is going to be easy cakewalk for them. Well, I won't say easy cakewalk. It's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a very interesting game. But so far, I've been wrong about everything else in this tournament. I picked Belgium to win. They got trapped. Well, actually, I picked France to win. They got beat out. I picked Belgium to win. They got beat out. I'm not picking Italy to win. And let's see. I might be going 0 for 3 as this whole thing continues. But we'll see what happens. Also, we got Copa Americana finals on Sunday. And it's going to be the largest two teams in the world. In this world of soccer. Brazil versus Argentina. Brazil versus Argentina. So it's going to be extremely interesting to watch Messi go up against Neymar. I'm picking Brazil to win because I like Casemiro and he's on Brazil. And so that's the only reason that I'm really picking them. That's, that's, that's basically it. And I'm not a fan of Neymar because I'm a Real Madrid fan. I have to not like Neymar, even though I respect that he's literally one of the greatest players to ever walk the face of the earth. But regardless, I want Brazil to win. That's who I'm picking. And finally, we got the NBA Finals already going on. Yesterday or Tuesday night, the Bucks lost to the Suns. And the Bucks are my pick to win the NBA Finals. But the way the game is going right now, with Giannis slightly hobbled, he wasn't playing at full strength last night. You could see, like, he was still testing himself out, especially in the first half of the game. He didn't really do too much during the game until the second half when he started be believing in his leg and believing that he could run and jump and all that stuff. So we'll see how it plays out. They got to win tonight. They got to win the game tonight. And make this series tied 1-1 but again we got the NBA finals going on I am picking Giannis to win it all like I said earlier but I won't be too mad if D-Book and CP3 get a chip of their own because CP3 have been in this league for so long he's been in this league for so long but anyway that's all I got for y'all I hope y'all learned one maybe two things out of this entire thing that's a noise and if you did, share this podcast with one person that you love, one person that you hate, and one person that you just kind of like, eh, about. And by that time, you just shared it with every single person out there. And by the way, it was my weekend. It was my birthday weekend last weekend. So happy birthday to me. It was fun. It was fun. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to catch you all up on the next one. Remember, generosity is always greater than greed. God bless each and every single one of y'all. And I'm out. Peace.